welcome to the 162nd episode of the Cracked Die Podcast. Hooray! Woohoo! 162. Oh my goodness. 261. What? Welcome to February, or possibly <laughs> not yet. When are we releasing this? I don't know. Up is down, left is right. Time means nothing. I think it's February. Happy Lunar New Year. Cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. Cats and dogs. Speaking of, I have a cat meow. I got me Caleb be quiet. <laughs> Aww. Aww. He's a good boy, but he's a dumb boy, and he's a loud boy. He's a cutie. And he's already been fed. <laughs> So let him not tell you otherwise. <laughs> so we're not quite in February yet. I believe uh, this releases on the 26th of January. Happy almost February. By the time you listen to this, if you don't listen until the day it comes out, it might be February. That's true. Who's to say? It might be March. It might. Or maybe it's December. Or maybe it's the year 2087. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it's not even 2023, but I wasn't going that far. Yeah. <laughs> to 26th, I'm really poor. This is hurting my brain. Also... I think we're orc supporters, unless something bad has happened in the last couple of weeks that we uh, don't know about because we don't have future vision. No, I'm all aboard that orc train. Choo-choo. Hell yeah. Yeah, Sean is all about that orc train. Woo. Which means something totally different to ooh. Yeah, I was That's about to true. say. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm having a great time. Sarah's on that orc train. Hey. Speaking of orc train, we're just seven episodes away from 169. Hey. Nice. Oh, my. <laughs> but yeah, I do kind of appreciate that Paizo literally put out a statement that was, do not cite the deep magic to me. I was there when it was written. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen a company step on its own dick so hard. Like, Yeah, like uh, y'all listeners know that we've we've never been like huge crazy into like the the new editions and stuff but like wow did they screw the pooch yeah 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 well they did it with magic the gathering for their 30th anniversary so they tried to do it with their tabletop rpg stuff and um yeah and really i feel worst for the creators who have been putting stuff out in good faith because you know a faceless conglomerate said we know we make 90 percent of the profits but we want yours too oh there's nothing you really can do about that so (laughs) once you sign yeah. My favorite thing that I saw was Paizo gave the middle finger of Vecna to wizards. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty great. Considering Vecna isn't even a Pathfinder god, is it? No, Vecna's definitely D&D. Specifically D&D, yeah. It's one of their copyrighted parts. Well, let's not dwell on the negativity of the gaming world that existed and let's you know be happy that the orc license is coming out we're firmly aboard that orc train and last time we played you guys dealt with some vampires surprise surprise you then went into a room you finally found the missing dagger that you've been searching for up down left and right for You held A, you press start, and you unlocked the dagger that Brianna now has. And Knife Sword, being the nosy nudge that he is, found a grimoire named Shadows at sundown. Isn't that the name of the adventure? Well, (laughs) yes, he found the titular book. It's the name of the thing. That's the name of the thing. We did it! We found the name! It does say Adventure Guide under that. <laughs> Why couldn't you have found that, like, hours ago, man? <laughs> yeah, we could have just, like, fast-tracked through this whole thing. Just flip to the back of the book, find the BBEG, go take them out, wrap this up. <laughs> it says there were vampires in here. Oh. I don't know, I feel like there maybe was some grinding that was necessary, but hey. You know, Knife Sword <laughs> essentially looked at the camera and said, I'm tired of all these Star Wars and uh, continued on. Oh, no. <laughs> and I sort of pulled a Deadpool. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so you guys have a couple of options. 
Twin Talon and Ooh, there is a door to your south that I believe you did a little peeky through and you saw some vampires and then closed it. Wasn't there a vampire with like a big blood machine? Oh, yeah. Yes, you saw a big blood machine. There is also a door to your northeast. That's where the Omix demons that were made of dried blood were. And in that room, there was a door to the north. The north. The north. For Knife Sword, Soraya, and Brianna, there is a door to your south that you opened. And it led to a very skinny, small hallway. Yeah, I totally forgot we were doing like a Bendy and the Ink Machine adventure here. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. goddamn blood machine thing. So I'm going to try and be better about this whole exploration activity thing because I've realized I've been really bad with it. So let me just go down here. Christine, what do you want to (sighs) do? That is a good question. I mean, there's not too much else to find, is there? I mean, there's a door to the south or you could go back out and go to the door to the north or the southwest. Do we want to actually start heading in one direction or the other, guys? Like, what are we what are we thinking? Is this like the quarry where we should probably go around first, then going right into the pits of hell? I can send that my eyeball out. Oh, yeah. Do you want to, like, send your eyeball down the southern corridor? That's what I was thinking. That way we don't, you know. Makes sense. All right. Sure. Let's do that. Okay. I'm going to cast... Wait, that's not the right page. Uh, sorry. <laughs> cast gravity well. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Pull us all down there. Sorry. Reflex. I mean, that might be a good way to defeat the machine. Yeah. Just, like, pull all of its parts into one spot. (laughs) Uh, I'll cast Prying Eye and send it down the corridor. Prying Eye. (laughs) Okay, so you're sending it to the south? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to move you, Knife Sword, as your Prying Eye moves down the hallway. Okay. As it floats through it, you realize it connects to the same room that the door to the south connected to, and there's the giant blood machine. So... Off the port side, there's uh, giant vats of blood with mechanics. And off to the starboard, I... Let me, let me read some, some box text to you. Tall, clustered columns of dark granite rise to an elaborate fan-vaulted ceiling 80 feet overhead, making this enormous chamber seem impossibly vast. Elaborate, pointed arches frame alcoves to the east and west. Similarly, adorned double doors stand in the northern, western, and southern walls. Wide steps descend from the eastern half of the room into a larger western half where a massive pillar of greenish-gray stone supports the ceiling above. What appears to be an empty doorframe leading to nothing has been carved into the base of the pillar's eastern face. The most astonishing sight in the room is the series of immense glassy spheres amid a tangled frame of metal and glass tubing that stands to the east. Within the spheres surges and bubbles an astonishing amount of what appears to be blood that, even as portions are siphoned into tubes that run along the walls and occasionally vanish into the stone, is constantly replenishing its volume from the larger metal casing. The entire contraption sits upon a dais. That's what I just said. (laughs) That's the room we saw previously, right? When we peeked in and saw the vampire? Yes, yes, yes. There does not seem to be any vampires in here. Really? I mean, they could just be on the other side of the machine so we can't see them. Didn't one of the vampires come up and fight us? Yeah. So it was this guy in here, probably. Yeah, there was only one in here, so. Okay. Well, I mean, if there's no one down there, we can certainly go poke our nose there, look around. There's also the door to the north through the little hallway where the goop demons were. And if I remember right, there was like a big chasm at the end of that hallway. Like it didn't go anywhere unless you wanted to jump down 
down into the ravine. Correct, correct. It looks like a giant sinkhole essentially opened up that broke the the walkway. So we can certainly go through that, that room since there's nobody there. And if, you know, something happened to the machine that's sucking blood, I mean, it wouldn't be the worst. We don't know what it's doing other than it's cycling blood at this point, right? Well, considering this place is full of vampires, I would assume that it's doing something that will benefit them or something that they're trying to do. So I don't think destroying it would be the worst. No, absolutely. Well, from what I can see, it looks like it might already be broken. To the south, there's like pipes that look like they've been shattered that are running to one of the two things. Well, let's go in there and look at it. We're going to hit a vampire through that southern door. No, we're not. We're fine. It connects to the southern door. Yeah, the room with the blood machine is one big room. Aha, uh-huh. okay. Oh, yeah, so down here, down in the, the southern corner of this southern room, it looks like there are broken pipes and things. Yes, and you see that there's small amounts of, not small amounts, but a slow trickle of blood coming out of those pipes that are just kind of pooling on the floor. Is this something we can tell that was done recently, or is it something that they're just trying to fix? I don't know if I'm explaining it correctly. I get what you're saying. That would definitely be a some sort of... Give me... Okay, give me a crafting check or Thessalonian lore. Is this pertaining to alchemy in any way? No. Okay. It is not. I'd say 29. 37 crafting. Okay. So just judging from... Both of you can tell this. Judging from the looks of the machinery, this looks like it's very, very ancient. Do we get the vibe that maybe they've been trying to repair it and get it functioning again? So Matt, with your Thessalonian lore, you remember briefly reading in your studies of Thessalon that there was a rumor that the Rune Lord Sorshin created machines to help wake her from her slumber. Yeah, we talked about this before. Like they had a bunch of like, creatures that were basically trapped Matrix style and they were draining her, their blood or whatever. Yeah. And like vampires were the stewards of their return. Yeah. You think that this is the machine that would capture all the blood? And when Rune Lord Kazug, K-A-R-Z-O-U-G. Karzaug. Yeah. When they awoken far to the north, it triggered the ancient contingencies Sorshin put into place to reactivate this machine. So that's what you know with your Thessalonian lore. Brianna and Surya, the broken pipes that you see to the south kind of look like as gross as this sounds. It sounds like a like it's like a keg tap where you could just like pour some into a mug and drink it if you really, really wanted to. Is there any sense looking at this machine where it's drawing blood from? Yes, you notice that there's pipes going into and coming out of the walls. So you're not really sure where they would connect to. It's either an intake or an outtake. The pipes, there's so many that it's just kind of continuously refilling. The pipes go up towards that northeast door. Is that correct? Where there was a hole in the floor that was filled with bodies? Yes, the pipes do go that way. There are some that are connected into the walls as well. And you see a couple arcing over what appears to be an empty door frame that they kind of go into that wall. I'm sure once things are up and running properly, that opens and allows her to return. Yeah, I figure it's something magical. I mean, are there runes or anything on it that would indicate that it's some kind of magic gateway? No, there are no runes on it, but Knife Sword, as you detect magic, you detect that to your west, that little half circle thing where the doorway has been, that is definitely magical. Okay. I mean, we've seen Ayudara, like we get magical transportation. Right. Yeah. 
Empty doorways are never quite empty. Maybe we just need like a port key. This is definitely a portal. You do see some Thessalonian etchings on it. Thankfully, I think Twin Talon does. Uh, yeah, can I look at the uh, the door, see what it says? Speak friend and enter. No. <laughs> okay. It basically it doesn't make a lot of sense to you as you read it. It talks about spreading life essence on it to activate, but where you go, you don't know. Okay, so if we all jack off on it, then it should <laughs> it should open. Or blood. I guess blood would work, too, if you're in a pinch. Blood, I think, makes a little more sense in context. I'm glad I wasn't <laughs> the one to say that, but that was what I was thinking. The four humors. <laughs> I'll just I'll sweat on it, I guess. This is how Ooh finally gets twin challenge. She's just like, hey, I'll. This is it. Right here. We gotta open this door. <laughs> we gotta spread our life essence. You wanna help me out? <laughs> okay, well, let's not open magic portals until we've cleared the rest of the complex, I guess, right? The complex? Is that what you're saying? Hey! Mm-hmm. <laughs> well. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Oh, no. <laughs> is it over already? Oh, no! <laughs> Again, I'm pretty sure this isn't somewhere where we go. I'm pretty sure this is a door someone comes out of. But yeah, let's take a look around before we, we get involved with, with the, the life essence door. So I say we open the southern door first, because I think it's just going to go back to the room where we started, just to check it off the List. Listen first. Don't die. Okay. So this went down. We'll we'll listen at the door. See if there's anything to be concerned of. All right. Let's see how you do. I'm gonna sit next to him and hum. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a knife sword move. So helpful. You don't hear anything, Matt, as you listen to the door. All right. Is it locked? Nope. Swintown's gonna be like, well, uh, let's see. And I'll open the door. We don't check for traps. We just walk right in. Hey! I inspected the door. You find a small hallway 10 feet across with a door to the south. All right. So Twin Town's going to, you know, checking for traps, move to the southern door. All right. Everything looks in the clear. I'm going to stand at this end of the hallway just in case. I don't want to block anybody in. <laughs> okay. And Twin Town will once again listen to the southern door. Also, nothing heard. And open that up. Ba-bam! Okay, now we're back in the room where we came in. Yep, exactly. It looks like it should. All right, so this is one of the two ways we could have come. So I guess if we hadn't found that secret door in the western hallway, this would have been the way to go is into this room. Yes, and it would have been much more difficult, honestly. Yeah, I wouldn't have found my cool duds. Should we then follow the pipes? So the western door here looks like it goes into the hallway that we went through that have the lorivores in it. So yeah, we should we should go north. See uh see where all that goes. All right. To the north. To the north. To the north. So if we go back to where those uh what are the amoxes that were they called? Yes. As knife sword scurries through the walls. That sounds appropriate. He's in the walls. <laughs> <laughs> They're in the walls. Yes, when I think of aliens, I think of knife sword. <laughs> so Twin Town's gonna move eastward, moving silently. Uh, stealthily, just to get to the edge of this. Chasm. Yeah, chasm. I mean, this looks like it doesn't go anywhere. There's nothing here other than down into the big Hicker River. You do see that some of the pipes are running through the floor and they're leaking. You also see a lot of refuse thrown into this pit. So it kind of looks like it's just a trash pit. All right. Well, then I will go back to the door to the north or the western end of the hallway we're in. on the north end of the uh, hallway, and I will inspect the door for traps and listen. All right, let me roll all that for you. Yeah, everything seems good and quiet. No traps. Okay, so Twin Talon's going to ready his sword in one hand and open the door with the other one. Aha, it's a hallway. It is, with stairs leading up. What a twist. Oh, up. Interesting. Nothing else has been up so far. 
Looks like Nightcrawler's running in in front. You said there were no traps. I was taking your word for it. <laughs> okay. So went down. We'll uh, searching for traps. Um, we'll walk up the steps to the north. Just a reminder, if I fail to see them, but it's a pressure plate trap, I'm just going to walk straight over it without setting it off. I have light feet. That doesn't make you helpful at all. No, it doesn't. I mean, it, it, it's it's good for me that if I miss it, it still doesn't hurt me. Just someone in the back is going to get hit. <laughs> I am so sorry. I missed something. You missed something? Yes. As you were looking around in that trash pit, Brianna, you recognize something or you see something that catches your eye. So you see a very dusty, long forgotten rune. And as you look at it, it is a dancing weapon rune. Like someone just tossed it over the edge into the pit? Like it's been here for so long that it's just been... Like, it's covered in muck and gore and grossness. Someone died with it. They threw him in the pit and didn't think about it. Right, but I'm sorry. From Sean's description, it didn't sound like there was a weapon with a rune on it. It just sounded like there was a rune. No, it's just the rune. Maybe they just didn't recognize it for what it was. Well, they didn't care. Correct. Possible. Okay. So you etch it onto a melee weapon. A dancing weapon flies autonomously and strikes your foes. For two actions, command and interact, you release the weapon and it dances through the air, fighting on its own against the last enemy you attacked or the nearest enemy to it, if your last enemy has been defeated. At the end of your turn, each round, the weapon can fly up to its speed of 40 feet, then can either fly again or strike one creature within its reach. The weapon has a space of five feet, but does not block or impede enemies attempting to move through that space nor does it benefit from or provide flanking. The weapon can't move through an enemy's space. The weapon can't use reaction, and its fly actions don't trigger reactions. While it's activated, a dancing weapon makes strikes with an attack modifier of 24 plus the item bonus to attack rolls. It uses the weapon's normal damage, but has a plus zero strength modifier. The weapon's abilities that automatically trigger on a hit or critical hit still function, but the weapon can't be activated or benefit from any of your abilities while dancing. Each round, the weapon finishes using actions, attempt a DC six flat check on a failure, the activation ends and the weapon falls to the ground and it can't dance again for 10 minutes. So those of you who have a plethora of weapons, you could throw that onto one, activate it, and let it just do its thing. I'm guessing we'd have to go down there to get it, or... No, no, no. It's right on the edge of the... Like, it's just covered in, like, blood and muck and stuff. So I dropped it on t- into your character sheet, so you should have it now. But I missed it. That's a cool little tool. Absolutely. And at worst, you can sell it for, like, 1,350 golds. Damn. That's half price because the full price is 2700 Okay. Well, that's a very cool item. Yeah. There's some really cool items in this one that you guys have found. So I was waiting for you to say, there's some cool items in this that you guys have missed. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, you guys have found everything. <laughs> Peel my eyes back. <laughs> oh, no. Got to get better. Perception. <laughs> <laughs> so then if we have discovered everything, Quintalan's going to, you know, while searching for traps, move up the steps to the door and then search that door for traps and then listen at it. Yes. I'll just tell you, you rolled a natural 20. This hallway is clear. There's no traps, no nothing. When you listen to the door, you do hear the sound of like machinery humming and you also hear muttering. Does it sound like a conversation or just sound like one person talking to themselves kind of a deal? It sounds like a conversation. Oh, okay. Twin Town will turn back and he'll be like, there's at least two of them in this room and also some kind of machinery, so it could be more of the blood machine. Makes sense. Let's be ready to deal with them then. Do the rest of you want to come down the hallway or is everybody going to hang out at the bottom of the steps forever? <laughs> um, are you going to throw like a flashbang in there? Because that'd be really cool right now. I could throw a bottle of sunlight. 
Might as well. Assuming these are vampires like everything else down here has been. That'd be really nice. If they're not, at least they'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Certainly would hurt their eyes. Just blast with the light. Exactly. We're in the Darklands, right? Like, I don't think anything's going to be too happy with a flash of sunlight. Yeah. You're not technically in the Darklands. You're just in an underground cavern. We don't even know where we are because we went through the Rune Lord's mouth and ended up in some place. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. We're in some unknown underground place where it is dark. Yeah. <laughs> We're in a land which is dark. <laughs> not necessarily dark lands, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Close enough. Okay. So here's what I would like to do is I would like for you all to roll initiative. However, I'm going to give you all options on your initiative rolls. So you may use stealth, you may use perception. Christine, if you are going to be throwing alchemy, I will let you use crafting. You all get a plus two from the hum and all of the other noises going on and the talking so that because there are no surprise rounds, I want to give you a plus two to your initiative. So if just roll it like normal. And if you, once you do, I will add the plus two to your initiative. I mean, if you pull up the thing, there is like a modifier where you can add. So I'm just going to do that. That's okay. That's fine. I would like to be raging and I would like to take my Dread Marshal stance. Can I do that? Yeah. You guys know you're going into battle, so please ready yourselves as necessary. So I'm going to give Ooh some rage. I'm going to give Ooh her Dread Marshal stance. I would like to cast Mage Armor. I believe you did earlier in the day. Is it not on there? Yeah, it's already on there. Oh, sorry. The Mage Armor lasts for your level in hours or something? No, it lasts for, till you prepare your spells again now. Oh, great. Even better. Okie dokie. You wake up, you put it on, and you're done. <laughs> Tasani doesn't need to be in initiative. Like, she was acts after you, right? She's just on my turn at some point. She gets one action during my turn, and then I can give her extra actions with my actions. I have not rolled, but I rolled for an intimidation check. So for critical success for my Dread Marshal stance, the Marshal's aura increases to a 20-foot emanation. Grants me and allies a status bonus to damage rolls equal to the number of weapon damage dice of the unarmed attacker weapon that I'm currently wielding. Is a 35. A critical success? No, it is not a critical success at this level. 32. But you do have it on, which is good. And you can use intimidation too if you wanted to roll your initiative with it, Heidi. Oh, well... <laughs> If I remembered. <laughs> it's okay. I didn't do that. So it's a 22 for your initiative. Hey, Sean, would my twitchy feet come into effect here? Yes, it would. Okay, so that should be a 31, just if it makes any difference. What are your twitchy feet? They're my feet. They, they itch, so they move around a lot. No. <laughs> um, it's a feat. I got a level one for being a goblin. Naturally suspicious of wary of danger. Plus one circumstance bonus to AC and saves against hazards and all initiative rules. Huh. How has that never come up if you got that level one? Because I just never looked into, like, the settings to add things, and it was turned off. <laughs> hmm. Okay. All right. I'm going to warn you all <laughs> right now, before this combat begins, this is an extreme encounter that is about to happen. Oh, boy. This is only slightly modified from the book to fit into with our stories. Am I slightly modified? You mean you made them invincible? Like, what did you do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can talk about it later. We can talk about it later. We can get mad at you later when you tell us what you did. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to let you all know, I don't think he said it 
when we were recording, but Sean has gleefully declared that he's going to kill one of us today, so I'm not entirely sure that he didn't make this harder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did not make it harder. I just swapped an enemy out for a different enemy. Of the same challenge rating or? Yep, yep, same challenge rating. We can dissect this after. Hey, guess what, guys? We're going to be fighting some kind of dragon disciple. Hiya, would you like to have your shield raised? Yes. Always. Always, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will let either of you open the door and then we will go into initiative. Wait, wait, wait. Should we sleep first? <laughs> Why? Why would we sleep? I don't know. Because I only have four infused reagents left. <laughs> I, I got a question before we start this. Why the hell is there soap in my backpack? Uh, don't worry about it. It's a hint. <laughs> it's a it's a delicious snack you use on your outside. That you haven't picked up yet. If no one else wants to take the fall, the elf will absolutely be the one to say. Hi, Jean. <laughs> <laughs> to which Knife Sword looks around and goes, who's Jean? <laughs> Pretty much. Listen, you put things in my backpack, we put things in yours. That's how it works. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> no, wait, are we actually going to rest? Because I legit only have four reagents out of 18. If Sean hadn't told us that it was going to be an extreme challenge, I don't think we would have rested. So. Oh, boy. That is out of character knowledge. Wait, wait, wait. I have the book, and it says extreme challenge through this door. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He does have the spell book. It's extreme like it's Mountain Dew. Extreme. Extreme challenge. There's no E. It's just X-T-R-E-M-E. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is like the surge level of uh, combat difficulty. Oh, God. All right. Well, nice knowing all you. I'm going to be... Semi-useless, let's have fun. I'll miss you! <laughs> Twinton, I love you! Here we go. <laughs> Are we going to go over our initiative rolls real quick? Because we haven't. Well, hang on. First thing, now that the door's opened... Oh, I forgot to put a door there. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it open! <laughs> Blinky! The light is blinking. <laughs> open, close, open, close. <laughs> We're ready. We're not ready. We're ready. We're not ready. <laughs> just hoping that that's an actual thing that we're doing. The person inside like looks around like the fuck is it's like what is happening? Hello? <laughs> Alright let me make everyone not invisible now. I love that the icon for your bad guy is like just a frowny face. <laughs> <laughs> Alright elaborate clustered columns and ribbed vaults of the ceiling combined with thick red carpet running from the southern doorway draw attention to a richly engraved red stone doorway in the northern wall. A doorway that appears to be filled with a smooth mass of stone emblazoned with a single sinuous rune. To the east and west are 15 foot wide alcoves whose pointed archways stretch nearly 40 feet overhead. While the western alcove is empty, the eastern one contains a grisly apparatus of metal framework, smoldering incense burners, glass tubes filled with blood, glowing crimson crystals, and strips of raw flesh, all arrayed around a coffin-like enclosure. Reclining within it is a red-haired woman's partial corpse, the torso open to reveal its missing organs. All that remains is a slowly beating heart, its pulse filling the room with a low, rumbling repetition, as if from the heart of a titan as it struggles to return to life. You see a broad-backed man looking, and he turns to face all of you, and all of you immediately recognize piercing green eyes. Ah, oh, this jerk face jerk. Who? I don't know who this guy is. I think it's just the three OG characters now. Yeah. So let me share some images of 
everything you see. So, first off, we have this person who is standing next to the green-eyed man. Illyriel. Okay. So she is like a floating black-winged... Oh, her wings are almost like... Instead of having skin between them, it's, it's like smoke. Shadow, yeah, like floating vampire, black clawed hands, black smoky bat wings. Her hands don't look normal. No, no, they don't. Her description matches everything that you've heard so far about someone running or bringing the missing student down here. Lovely. Oh, she's the one that was holding him in the courtyard of the Ferasman Church. Yes. You see this lovely description that I gave you. So would you say she's 100% that bitch? Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. She just took a DNA test. <laughs> Turns out. And with all the initiatives, it is Soraya's turn, and I believe... You rolled a natural 20, is that correct? I did. I rolled a natural 20 for a 48 initiative, which means I get an extra action this turn. Nice. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. That means I can move into the room a little bit, if it'll let me. Oh, sorry, I'm on measure. I'm not on move. So I can move into the room a little bit. Alrighty, this is a cluster over here. All three of them <laughs> doing their thing. Uh, don't like that. <laughs> but I'm going to double brew some bottled sunlights because we've been dealing with vampires this whole damn time. And I'm going to I'm going to aim for uh, the woman in the red dress there. The woman in the red dress. Yes. Oh, that's crap. That's a 26. I, I have a hero point, right? I'm going to roll that hero point. Uh, 26. Yes, that is a, a, a critical miss. I think we all have a bunch of them from last time. Yeah. I believe you all have three. Fuck yeah, I'm definitely using one then. How's a 37? Really, really good. <laughs> In fact, it's a hit. Awesome. Because that's not what the thing says, but okay, I'll take it. I know, but that's because I have you targeting the wrong character. Ah. <laughs> all right, fine. Then. So being as this is bottled sunlight and from her appearance in the descriptions we've had, I assume she is a vampire. She's going to take the full sunlight positive damage of 12. She's then going to take a further six fire damage. I believe she falls prone if she's a vampire. And there is three splash, which given that I can do a 15 foot cone should hit both the corpse of Iliosa and this this grumpy guy who is slightly to the north of my original target. Mr. Grumpy Gills. <laughs> so, 12 positive. Six fire. Fire! Fire! And then three splash to everybody, which is positive splash. Ooh, I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. So in the in the chat log we see coming up when people get damaged, uh, it's Iliosa's shell takes three damage. That's not pleasant. Not nice. Not pleasant. Mmm. Delicious. So that was one bottle of lightning. So that was move. Move. Quick alchemy. Double brew. Throw one. I now am going to throw the other. Okay. Same target. Same target. For another 37. Well, we also have to subtract five. Oh yeah. Sorry. So 32. 32 is a miss. All right. Well, at least the primary target, I believe, still takes that three positive splash. Unless they all do, which, I mean, I would not complain about, but that's up to you. No, it's just the primary target, but they are prone. So that's also not a bad thing. These Strigoi vampires are so dumb. Yeah. Do any of them have weakness to positive that they should be taking into account? Weakness to positive? Or sunlight. Or fire. No. So you have one more action, right? No, it was move... Alchemy throw throw. All right. It is now the frowny-faced, green-eyed man's turn, and he dramatically spins around and goes, 
Ah, I never thought you would all make it here in one piece. Took you long enough. All right, we're going to cast a spell. Boo. Oh, boy. It's two actions. I'm going to paste the 60-foot line, and it's from them. Definitely have to get Brianna in this. There we go. Rude. (laughs) Yep. So, Brianna, I need you to make a fortitude save, please. Oh, no. Oh, this is a lot higher than you think. (laughs) Ugh, I only rolled a three on the die. Um, I also have a hero point, so let's... That is a critical failure. There we go. That's better. How about a 41? Fail. Damn. A fail? Fail. We were warned this is an extreme encounter. All right. So on a failure. Oh, I don't even have to roll. I'm sorry. So you see a wave of necromantic energy flash out and attempt to snuff out the life force of those in its path. Each living creature of level 17 or lower must make a fortitude save. If the damage from this spell reduces a creature to zero hit points, the creature dies instantly. If it doesn't kill a single creature, the negative energy violently explodes back towards you, dealing an additional 30 negative damage to every living creature in the line, even those above 17th level, and 30 negative damage to you. So on a save, you would have taken 9d6 negative, but you failed, right? You take 100 points of negative damage. Whoa! Wow. Well, I'm not dead. But now we get the backlash. There's 100. So you're going to take an additional 30 because you didn't die instantly. But at least so does he. Yep. And you see him taking out, as his third and final action, he will draw a falchion. That is his final, third and final action. All right, Twin Talon, you're up. You just see Brianna get smacked with 100 points of necromatic damage. So Twin Talon is going to place one hand on Brianna. First of all, he's going to spin around to look back down the hallway. Then he's going to place his right hand on Brianna and his left hand outstretched. And he is going to cast Heal Animal Companion on his fully healthy pterosaur. (laughs) Wise. I think he just called Brianna an animal. No, no. No, I did not. Are we kidding? Tessandi loves Brianna. She's totally up for being used this way. As a health battery, yes. <laughs> okay, so that's 81 points of healing. Anything that the target doesn't need, which is 81 points, can go to myself or someone adjacent to me. So I'll <laughs> give it to Brianna. All right. And that was the one action or the two action? That is two actions. And with my other action, I'm going to use my almost never used healer's gloves <laughs> and heal it's a one action interact once per day uh, 2d6 plus 7 hit points so okay. 15 more points alright thank you all three actions used to heal Brianna 96 points hooray it's not 130 but hey that I mean it brought me back up from <laughs> a lot of pizza I feel like it was worth my turn yeah <laughs> I'm sorry, tell me about your pizza. I'm always interested in pizza, Tori. Well, uh, it was almost eaten, and then you're just like, here you go, some more pizza. (laughs) (laughs) 30 minutes hot and ready. (laughs) And then Twin Talon's going to spin back around and wink at the green-eyed man. All right. Can we just say that when Ooh rages, it's because she's jealous that he's getting a wink and she is not? (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Oh, you're just out of range, Christine. (laughs) Fuck you! I'm out of range. Oh, I was gonna just cast from the ground, but I can't. Gotta stand up and move, bitch. Oh, 
All right, this one has a range of 500 feet, so, you know. Oh, God damn you. Is it fireball? Yeah, <laughs> kind of. 500 feet, target's body. Target's any number of living creatures. Well, I can only see three of you from here, so I need Soraya, Brianna, and Twin Talon to make a fortitude save, please. With all these fucking fortitude saves. I mean, it's good for you guys. What are we saving against? I assume this is not a poison effect. Arcane, necromancy, and negative. 43 for Soraya. 35 for Brianna. 32 for Twin Talon. All right. Brianna and Twin Talon fail. Soraya critically succeeds. Because I am a juggernaut. <laughs> yes. Or I'm just putting that out there for the listeners. So they're not like, how does that happen? Would you guys like to use a hero point to reroll? How many do we have? Uh, you both have three left, so you're good. Uh, yeah, I'll use one for this. I rolled an eight. Then sure. All right. Come on. Ugh, I give up. If anybody deserves to die this round, it's fucking Brianna with that, how horribly she's rolling. I also rolled worse. So 32 it is. All right. So you both regular fail. And the Marshall's Zara doesn't help against saves, does it? Only on saves versus fear, I think. Yeah. Is anyone made of water, such as water elementals or plant creatures? I mean, technically. <laughs> Yeah, aren't we all? <laughs> yeah, I mean, technically we are. I mean, only 80%. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So those of you who failed, you're taking 39 points of negative damage. Is this something I can liberate at least Twin Talon from? Okay. By the written rules, I believe you can. However, the moisture is being sucked out of your body. Yeah, but if it's a ray of magic, wouldn't she be able to throw her magic shield? Yeah, basically jump in front of him and, like, absorb it. Yeah, let's go with that. Thank you. It's going to be bad enough. Give us what slack we can argue for. The trigger is an enemy damages. So, yeah, that's damage. So you can liberate Twin Talon. For 16. Yeah, so that's... 23 to Twin Talon. It's two plus to your level. And I get some movement out of that, don't I? 10 feet? You get two steps. I do kind of love the idea of just like this gangly elf just kind of like standing there and staring down this creature that's trying to do that though. <laughs> I feel like Brianna saved Twin Talon by shoving him down like forward. So he stumbles <laughs> yeah. kind of forward toward the bad guy. Sorry. <laughs> Wrong direction. That's where I wanted to be anyway. <laughs> For the people who can't see the board, I use my two feet of or two steps to move into the room a little bit and then toward the bad guys. So now I'm only 20 feet away from Betty's and I can actually see them. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good for a melee fighter. So with that, their third action is to stand up. Brianna, I've beaten you up enough. Haya, it is your turn. Oh, Lord. Okay. I'm... Uh... I'm struggling to figure out what Brianna's feeling at this moment, mainly because I'm pretty sure the last time she saw Aurelius, he was dying or dead. She was told he was dead. So I think she is in. Yeah. She's in denial that this is him, especially since he just tried to kill her and almost succeeded. So I see her like stumbling back, being hit by a horrible array. Twintown bringing her back up so like her cheeks like fill back out. She's like, oh, I hate this so much. And then got smacked again in the face and is like super dehydrated now. She'll try and shake it off as best she can and then move. Oh boy. Double move to, I'll work on her, I guess. And then strike. I think she is at this point just uh, compartmentalizing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess. I don't, I don't know. 44. That is a hit. Thank goodness. For 16 points of damage. That's her turn. Did you have to move twice? Get over there. That's only 25 feet of movement. 
Oh no, I can't do diagonals. <sighs> Knife, sword. What? <laughs> it's your turn. You gotta wake up from the backpack. Is he still in the backpack with me? I thought no, he was. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm gonna move here. I appreciate how many people you're putting between you and. <laughs> what? <laughs> no one can see that but you. I'm moving behind Soraya. Who's behind Twin Talon? <laughs> who's behind Brianna? <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to stare up at the ceiling and I'm going to start casting a spell and going to, let me see, put down my 10 foot burst here. Oh boy. Yeah, that looks good. And uh, I'm casting telekinetic bombardment. So all the bricks and everything around them is going to crush all of them. Ooh. Okay. All right, so I need to make some reflex saves. Is that what it is? Yes. All right, so the first one I rolled for the green-eyed man is a 35, so that looks like a success. The shell of Iliosa is a 32, which is a failure. And the one directly in front of Brianna rolled a 49. So that is a critical success. Okay. And I will do my damage now. Boom. 57. All right. So that's half damage. The green-eyed guy. The shell is prone, but I'm pretty sure it was already prone. It's actually being held up in like this weird coffin thing, and it's kind of shackled up there. Okay. So unfortunately, it can't fall prone, but it is restrained technically. So I should put that status on. And then I'm just going to stand back here and pretend not to be here. Good plan. Makes sense. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. (laughs) I would if I could. All right. Next up is the Iliosa shell. And it actually kind of doesn't do anything. It's just, it's kind of hanging there limply. Oh, good. Keep sleeping, please. Please. Ooh, it is your turn. All right. I would love to sudden charge into the room because I am a bull at a china shop, let's be real. And I (laughs) run inside and I run for the first thing I see. That's 25. There we go. And I swing with my silver dagger. 42. Holy poop on a stick. That's a hit. Hooray. Hell yeah. Good job. Nice. Fuck this guy. 13. So that all goes through. Sweet. And then I would like to do a silencing strike. Ooh. Okay. How do you do that? Make a melee strike against a foe. Foe must succeed at a fortitude save against my class DC. Okay. So I need to make a fortitude save. And what is your class DC? Class DC, 33. That's a fail. Hooray! Really? Nice. All right. That's awesome. Stunned one. Stunned one? Stunned one, baby. And it must succeed at a DC 11 flat check to use linguistics action or supply verbal spellcasting components <laughs> until the end of its next turn. Yeah, suck it, spellcasters. For real, suck it, spellcasters. <laughs> wow. Coming in hot. Ow! Very good. Hell yeah. Heidi, if you did not have three hero points already, I would give you a hero point. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a moral hero point. That's all that is. I'm just excited because I feel like this is like the first one I've gotten that's been like just been for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That is the end of the first round of combat. How is everyone feeling? How's everyone doing? Oh, boy. 
you know. Eager to try some old favorites. I'm just saying, if you guys survive, there is some nice loot at the end of this. That's a, that's feeling more and more like a big if. Not a bet the loot. <laughs> I'm just saying, whoever survives gets a lot. We'll see, I guess. I have a question for you with this haunting strike. Do I still make a strike with my... It's normal damage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You still make it a damage roll. No, no, it's just the same as the regular attack. You don't think a second. Oh, so I didn't need to do that. You just roll damage. Hooray! I'll do that right now. Hooray! 14. <laughs> it's silver, right? Yeah, which means it cuts through all of it. All right, good job. You know, I thought I had an insta-kill on my plate with that first spell I cast. I'm real glad you didn't. By the way, the name of that spell, if you want to look it up, it's called Massacre. That sounds appropriate. Oh, how appropriate. <laughs> And then the other spell I cast was called Horde Wilting. Yeah, I imagine that is like almost an insta-kill for plants or, or like undines. <laughs> yeah, if you're a plant or a water elemental, you take whatever your save is, is one degree worse. Oof, as you just get evaporated. Gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I assume we're stopping this because we're going to next week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think you guys need to take a minute, plan. Yeah, I assume this is a break before next week. You're doing better than I thought you would do, honestly. Well, I mean, you thought you were going to kill us in the first round, so. I almost had it. <laughs> Did you? Because I have 174 hit points, so Brianna's got to have a lot more than me. Yeah, I'm sitting here now way worse, but uh, my max is 204. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I still 30 hit points. That's not nothing. You still had 70 left. Yeah. I thought I was doing good on the hit point department. I am not. <laughs> You're a caster who multiclassed into caster. <laughs> this is definitely a pimp your ride situation. <laughs> hey, dog, I heard you like casters. So I put casters in your casters. I just assume we are pimping Brianna because she's his ride. Oh, no, that's a different situation. <laughs> all right. We'll see you all next week. Uh, <laughs> Bye, everybody. See you next week. I'm waving even though you can't hear me. I want to go home. Thank you for listening to the Cracked Die Podcast. Please visit us at crackeddiepodcast.com. Pathfinder 2nd Edition and the Age of Ashes Adventure Path are property of Paizo. Background audio was provided by Sirenscape because epic games deserve epic music. Please visit them at sirenscape.com. Additional background music was provided by Tabletop Audio. Visit them at tabletopaudio.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Tabletop Audio. This episode was edited by Nathan. Please visit them on Twitter at at EditingNate. Finally, thank you to all our patrons for assisting us in making this. If you would like to join our Patreon, please visit us at patreon.com slash crackeddiepodcast.